Today is April 14th. The Bucks lose a series to the defending world champs. Game two was a rose between two thorns, the Bay walk-off. Let's break down the series. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Hins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined again by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, how we doing? Doing all right. Yeah. Weather's warming up. Yep. Loving it. Ah, yeah, you're, yep. <laughs> I hope it's been 80 for three weeks down here. Yeah. It's actually supposed to be warmer in Ohio than it is down here this week. Okay, there you go. Well, I am excited. I've been out a couple times this week, and uh feels good out there. Went to get some ice cream tonight, the whole nine yards, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's awesome. I can't wait just because I know it's like it's getting cold again. Not like cold, cold, right? But it's, you know. Um, yeah. It's all right. It's, it's not right. summer yet. No. But you know what? The Bucks have been exciting so far. Yeah, they have. So um, it is for us. It is Thursday night. The, the, the Cardinals game did just end, the first Cardinals game. We get the dub there. We're not really covering that game, so we're not going to try to go deep into that. We'll talk about that on Sunday. Uh, but it is – it does – it certainly helps coming out of the, of the Houston series knowing – that they went and got a dub, um, you know, coming out of that first game against the Cardinals. That, but that that's just what's been so much fun, so much fun to watch this season, just in the short sample size we've had. Because even within the game, I don't until they get like five or six runs ahead, like the team we're playing, I don't feel out of it right this year. Like we we're a much more resilient team. We're gonna go fight you until the end. Right. Well, I mean, like we said about opening day, uh, that you know, last year we would have lost that game eight to three. Yeah, you know what I mean. And instead, we we just did it differently. You know. Yeah. So you didn't get an opportunity to talk about the home opener and, and your experience. I did kind of share some of your experience where you you know you had a hard time seeing and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I guess just kind of sharing that. Actually, Gary and I got to talking last week on our last week on Monday's show, we just got to chatting and we barely even talked about Kutch and <laughs> the home opener and, you know, the sentimental feeling of it and everything. We didn't even get to like sit in that yeah, because Cruz was hurt and we really, you know what I mean? Just spent a lot of time on that. Um, but anyway, that's fine. It's all gone, but it's kind of interesting. You know what I mean? But you got yeah. to sit, you got to, Come down and sit with us and and see the part of the game that you got to see. But right as far as that, I mean, you had quite the trip. <laughs> it was so much fun, but it it was exhausting. How many Would days did much... it take you to kind of recover from everything? Are you still recovering? Uh, for me, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, I was I was good by like the next day. By the next day, I mean would have been when Sunday. You... I was good by Sunday. Okay. 
And then, so, well, but so you like still had Saturday. To, Saturday was a little, it was a little rough. I was a little groggy most of the day, but you know, by Sunday I was all right. But you still had, well, you didn't go, you didn't drive back down until Tuesday. Correct. Yeah. So then you have that, you know, if you add all that in and all the running and everything, but yeah. We we actually made it. We made it down in two stops this time. So fifteen oh hours. We only stopped for gas. That's ridiculous. Probably an <laughs> overachiever in that regard, dude. But I mean, like that's you, though. I know that's you because we've been down this road before in a former life when you and I were playing in a band. We drove from Nashville to like Bryan, Texas. Bryan, Texas, like not quite to Houston. Fifteen hours. And we did it overnight, and mm-hmm. that was that. That couple days was kind of fun because we were there, and then we drove up to Dallas, and then we got to Dallas, and we were like, "I don't remember getting here." We pulled in, yeah, we pulled in that parking lot, and you woke up, and you said, "Are we here?" I said, "I guess so." <laughs> I said, "I don't remember how, but we're here." But when we left Nashville, you were like, "I want to do this whole thing." Yeah. Did I, you? I, no, no. No. You, you drove. Didn't. You drove like three hours. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Um, let's talk about the Astros series. First things first. The Astros came into into Pittsburgh four and six. They hadn't won a series yet. They split with the with the White Sox. They lost the series to the Tigers. the The only two wins by the Tigers so far this year was against <laughs> Houston. And then they lost the series to the Twins, which when I said that initially, like when we were talking about it, I was like, but that's not like terrible. Like some people are are high on the Twins, so let's not. But the Tigers, that's not the case. They're not high on the Tigers and the Tigers have been bad. You only have two wins and they're both against Houston. So Houston came in. um, I mean, just they had to be ready to, to not. And and I think because the Pirates were doing well, they they didn't take them lightly. Right. Yeah. So you get, you know, all three games, I mean, aside from the middle one, but the Astros scored eight on Monday. They scored seven on Wednesday. They were a, a little relentless, um, specifically Monday. Um, they were not going to let Rowanzi get away with anything. <laughs> he was not sharp. And, uh, you know, it just, it comes down to control for him. It comes down to command. It wasn't there. Yeah, when your command's not there, usually, usually your if your if your command's off on your off speed, sometimes your fastball command is there in a way. Your fastball command. I mean, you're in the big leagues. You're going to be able to throw a fastball down the middle when you want, and you get behind a guy two zero. I mean, you saw it in the uh, the Bregman at bat on uh, Wednesday. You know. You get you behind him 2-0, throw a fastball down the middle. He's gonna hit it. Yeah, and he hit the big and then he hit the home run to separate the score late in the game. And that's and that's what what it comes down to with Ron. You get behind in the count, and these good hitters are gonna take advantage. Yeah, and it was putting guys on base, four walks to three strikeouts, mm-hmm. putting guys on base, and it was just missing over the middle. Nine hits, seven runs, doesn't even get out of the fourth inning, and you know that's. That's what a rough outing looks like. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and unfortunately, Rohanzi, I feel like, had a couple of those, you know, and he's learning. He's, he's learning from these bad outings. I'm telling you that right now. Like, they're, but um, not this year. Like, he's only started to two games. I thought he had three. 
No, he just he started the one in Boston that was really good, and then he just and then he started that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he's had them before, right? Yeah. yeah. And and well, I guess specifically command is the thing. Mm -hmm. When he's not, when he doesn't have it, this is you know, uh, this is going to be what happens, especially when you do something like that against Houston. So, um. I think that's a story there. Uh, Choi with his first homer. Uh, you know, Castro had a first rough couple days. Um, you know, he made back-to-back airs on back-to-back days. But he also gets hit by a pitch in back-to-back days. And really, other than that, like, he did pretty well. And so that was kind of like the first little, okay, all right. You're kind of up against it right now. I mean, you know we're going to see Castro. You know we're going to see Bay playing short, and it's going to be those two guys. And until something changes with this roster, maybe if it, if at some point Marcano comes up, it's going to be those two guys at short. And they're going to have to get there. We talked about this. Remember last year when Castro came up and he was playing shortstop every day and he wasn't doing well, and then we sent him back down when he comes back up, he doesn't play short again, and it seemed everything was just fine, and it was clicking for him. Yeah. Not saying don't play him at short. Um, right now, this is what you have. But we looked – I bring that up because we looked back at how often he's played short. It really hasn't been that often. He's yeah. mostly a third baseman as far as his career. He's played a lot of second base and some short. And – he has the ability to do it. Wednesday as we or Tuesday as we shuffle into that game, he had a couple really good plays. Um, probably two or three specifically good plays. And he just makes the big error in the ninth that starts the rally. Um Bednar didn't really help himself. This was kind of like a kink for uh for Bednar, the first one. He left a fastball out over the middle to Hensley. Uh, McCormick, the curveball that he threw to him for the double that scores the first run was, uh, or maybe it scored, did it score both? Maybe scored both. I don't remember. Anyway, it was a strike the whole time. The curveball started at the top of the zone. It never made it below the zone. Houston's going to hit the ball like this, a team like this, they're going to hit those kind of pitches. They're going to get, it's a ground ball. It just got past them. You know what I mean? And it ends up in the corner for a double and, and the whole deal. I tell you what, he gets Bregman to ground out on a not very good pitch either. To be honest with you, it was up in the zone fastball. Um, but Bednar can do that, right? When he's throwing 97, he can do it. He puts a little hair on it or whatever you want to say. And, and then he absolutely destroyed Abreu to get out of that inning. Like it was, I mean, he he destroyed him. Three pitches and they and he used, he used the fastball, the curveball, and the splitter. And Abreu was like, well, it just happened. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, you know, that's what we have seen from Bednar so far. But just to combine the the Castro error along with, you know, Bednar, uh, it's not something you're worried about from Bednar. Like, so what? He left a fastball over the middle. Like, that's going to happen every once in a while. Sometimes he gets away with it. So it's just not, I'm not, it's not something I'm worried about, but it's like, oh, that happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I yeah. think the same thing about the error. Like, it happened. And really, we talk about, you know, I talked about this on Twitter. Ask Santana if he should have caught that. He's going to tell yes. you 10 times out of 10, I need to catch that ball. 
And that's what you do. And and you saw on the play, it got in his fingers. If he if he gets a better grip on that, the guy's safe. Like if he puts it back in the glove to grip it, he's safe at first. And it's an error anyway. So what do you do? You get as much grip as you can. You throw it low. And if you get the error, you get the error. You're going to yeah. get it anyway you if your, you double you pump. Give, yeah, you give your first baseman a chance. Give your first baseman a chance to bail you out. And on that play, and, and it's nothing against Santana. Like, he just didn't get it that time. The, the error yeah. is still Castro's. Right. And But you gave it your best shot. Santana missed it. He's going to kick himself. Castro's going to kick himself. And then Bednar's going to kick himself for missing the, you know, for putting him in scoring position because he threw uh, a fastball right down the middle to, to Hensley. <laughs> so, like, it, you know what I mean? And that's, and that's just what happens in Major League Baseball. Um, but Castro started the... The rally off, fought off a tough pitch. I mean, it's like a blooper, right? It could have been out on it for sure. But he fought off a tough pitch, started the rally. Kutch gets a base hit. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, the pinch hit for Kutch, for everybody there, you know what I mean? And then G1 Bay actually had a a, a pretty good uh a pretty good at bat the whole way through. Yeah. And then that's a change up. Low and in, and he got out in front of it. He knew it. Yeah, he did. I mean, the thing is, is like the game was over regardless of whether that ball goes out or not. If it hits off the wall, Castro's scoring anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the game's over regardless of whether it goes over the fence or not. <laughs> but, dude, we talked about this a little bit before. Bay is not like a small dude. No. He's thin, but he's like six foot one. And we know from looking at his his minor league numbers, like he's got some pop. Mm-hmm. That was not a cheap home run. Like he hit it. That's yeah. That's yeah, like that, all that the way a, on the left of that Clemente wall. That is a shot. Yeah. The the uh, what's that thing that shows the home runs and all the other? It, it was a home run in thirty out of thirty. Yeah. Like it, it was a no doubt. I mean, they asked, they asked Brian Reynolds, "Did you did you know it all?" Well, yeah, I knew it was off the bat. It was gone. Yeah. He he crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that just a great, great moment right there. And I got to tell you, man, Bay just keeps having these moments. It's really hard to ignore, and it's hard to, like, these are the things that you remember. And when we've we've been talking the whole year about Bay versus Castro, and Bay is stealing the spotlight. He's making plays. Yeah. And regardless, like I know that I've said even the two he made today, I know we're not talking about today's game, but the two he made today, like bad routes to the ball. Mm-hmm. He starts in, he goes back, and then he comes up and dives. But I don't care. He still made the diving catch. It's still right. a great play. And so there's parts of that where you're just like, yeah, but he gets away with it because he's so fast and he's athletic. He can make those types of plays. Yeah. Uh, it's really impressive. Um, meanwhile, Castro's turned everything around. Yeah. I mean, average is what it is, right? This is early in the season. Two, you can say 292. You can talk about whether average is even important or not, whatever. But he's in 292, and he's on base at a 433 clip right now. He, is he still struggling? Are we still worried about him right now? I mean, I I, I would say he's... He's definitely turning it on. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, he's definitely not struggling right now. I mean, he's, he's doing what he needs to do. He's getting on base. He's definitely adding to the offense right now. 
Yeah, I mean, compare that to the excitement of Bay. He's hitting 231. He's on base at 286. 436 uh, slugging, and, and Castro's at a, at a 458. So, I mean, I'm still kind of in between, though, because, like, Castro hasn't done the... I mean, he hit the home run today. He hasn't done all the big things yet, hasn't had the big moment, and Bay's right. had, like, four of them. Yeah, and, and, and Castro's... He's been in the spot a couple times, and, and then, you know, I don't want to say not come through because he got the base hit. You know, after he made the error. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he got the base hit there, but he hasn't had like a dramatic moment. Right. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Houston and you, and you, you're looking at him. He was one for one with the hit by pitch and the walk on, on the, in the one game. And then he was two for three in the game that we won with a couple runs, also hit by a pitch in that game. And then Wednesday in the loss, he didn't play. So never mind. Uh, but before we get into Wednesday, Let's go back to Tuesday and talk about probably, I mean, the Bay walk-off's our favorite thing, but let's talk about the other things. Choi also homers in this game, back-to-back days that Choi homers. First time two Korean-born players in the Major League Baseball fit homer on the same game. That's pretty crazy. We'll take that one. Yep, let's give it to him. Ready? Here we go. So that's pretty cool. Also, yeah. Sawinski out ahead. We talked about maybe he's watching too much and he's not attacking the ball. Attacked the ball, hit it out of like over the Clemente seats. Him and Choi both cleared the Clemente seats. Yeah. I think they said Swinsky's hit one of the bobbleheads in the head. How amazing is that? I I don't I don't they were showing the replay. It looked like it hit the the back wall, right? Maybe by it bounced the, back uh, and hit the bobblehead. Maybe because it was over by like the bridge. Okay. Well, there's the bobblehead the on each side of the bridge and then another yeah. one. So, so I thought somebody tweeted that was that was out there that it hit one of them, but maybe not. I don't maybe, know. Maybe on, maybe on the bounce. Yeah, maybe on the Very bounce. Very possible. Pretty cool, though. Yeah, absolutely. Get a bobblehead. Uh, <laughs> but also, the biggest thing about the game, those things are all good. The biggest thing about the game is Mitch Keller, uh, a team that, that scored eight and seven runs on either side of the game. And, you know, going into this series, I thought to myself, we've got Rowanzi that could be good. We've got Keller that you hope is is going to be important. But after after Monday's loss, I thought, we're going into tomorrow. If you're going to win a game, if you're not going to get swept, the best way it can happen as a Pirates fan is if Keller's the guy who says no. Yeah. We, we talked last time about how the ace-type thing started to happen, and he answered the call. Yeah. And he goes out there. Now, I mean, he goes six innings, gives up the two. Seven strikeouts, and they were just two solo shots. And that's a big-time thing because, like I said, this team scored on either side of the game eight and seven runs, and they were they were hitting. Yeah. For him to yeah, step and- up and shut them down, I think is a big – I think that's a, a another big step, and we're going to continue to see these from Keller. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think he's definitely on this trend right now, and I'm – I'm digging it, man. It's I'm on board. I like it. There are things he's, that he's going at. He's he's going at these hitters now. It's like he's not scared of you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big thing right now. That's one of the things that we wanted to see develop over this year. We talked, you know, before the season about it's not as much again about wins and losses, even though they're making it look like it is. It's not as much there. Mm-hmm. 
as much as it is like, what kind of things do you want to see? Unfortunately, one of those was breakout season by O'Neill Cruz. We're not going to get that now. So that's unfortunate. You know what I mean? We're going to miss four months of that. But when you go through there, it is, it is how do these other players develop or what do they become? We don't know. Like, can, can, uh, Rodolfo Castro become a guy who you can actually say like, yeah, I think we can get 20 to 25 from him year in and year out. Can Bay be this spark plug at the top of the order? Still to be a question, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to get the lion's share of the of the opportunities at the leadoff spot, but he has got to start taking pitches and getting walked. You're really fast, and he's a great base stealer, but you got to be on base. Yeah. I think he's the perfect, perfect candidate for a nine-hitter, man. It's just that one less at bat, you take a little bit of the pressure off, but he still, when he gets on base, the top of the order gets him moving, man, he'd be really good in that role. Um, I th- There's just so much more in the tank for both of those guys. And I'm just, now, this is kind of that silver lining in the cruise injuries. We're going to get to see them. Yeah, yeah. Sawinski's another one, 19 home runs. These guys are all young, but like, are we going to see Sawinski take that next step? And and even if he still hits 19 home runs, but he just fixes maybe the swing and miss a little bit. Or maybe he doesn't fix the swing and miss and hits 30, you know, 25 to 30, <laughs> not this year, but becomes that type of player. Yeah. Because there's a place for those kind of guys in this league too. Mm-hmm. It, you know, hopefully it's not, it's not somebody that you depend on. Hopefully it's like a, you know, six or seven hitter. Right. That you can say like, yeah, but he's going to make a difference eventually. But Mitch Keller's the big thing. Uh, I think that's one of those things that we want to see. And that's, you know, what we're talking about right now. But one of those developments that we want to see this year is what we're already seeing through three starts. Yeah. We're already seeing it. Maybe this is like the Pirates. Maybe we're going to get all of our stuff at the beginning of the year. It's all going to be like, we're seeing all this cool stuff and then we're going to have rough patches. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting, yeah. I am going to enjoy this right now because yep. they're playing good. This is like legitimate. They're playing legitimate, good baseball and there's places that they can get better. You know what I'm saying? Like we were looking yeah. at, we were looking at these stats and everything. I mean, Kanan Smith and Jigba came up and we were really excited about it. And people were like, why isn't he playing? Well, because he struck out 11 times in 18 at bats. Right. And this is a guy who gets walked. He's walked twice. He's struck out 11 times. He'll get his time when he gets hot, too. Um, yeah. You know, you're worried about, you know, you're worried about a guy like Sawinski and like, where's his numbers? Where are we at here? Where's Sawinski? I don't even see him on my on my list of guys. <laughs> I got all players here. I've got no clue. There he is. He struck out nine times in 23 at bats. And you've got, Smith and Jigba 11 times in 18 at bats played the same amount of games, but we're not talking about that. Smith and Jigba has two hits to Swinsky's one. I mean, neither one of those are good, right? <laughs> right. But it's, but when you, t- everybody's saying, but he strikes out every time he's up. And I'm like, uh, you know, G man choice struck out 15 times and he has yet to walk. And we've talked about G man Choi being an on base guy. Yeah. Now he's starting it's- to turn a corner. I agree with that. Yeah. It is funny, though, how some, like, it just seems like things stick out more than others. And it's like we see Swinsky striking out, and we're like, he strikes out every time. 
And it's like, and you're, you're just, you're showing the numbers right now. And it's like, yeah, not really. I mean, yes, he's striking out a lot, but there's other guys that are striking out more and we're not, I mean, some people are talking about Choi, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Choi's definitely. Yeah. He's been a target, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we see these things and we remember the things like, you know, Smith and Jigba had the really good game. That's the only game that he's had. Um, and you could chalk that up to not enough at bats. A hundred percent. You could, you could chalk yeah. that up to not playing consistently. A hundred percent. You could, you could do the same for Sawinski. You could do the same for, um, really not so much Castro now, but right. early on he was playing sporadically because he was mm-hmm. sharing time. Right. And that makes sense. They're going to have to figure this out. They're going to have to do it. The idea is, uh, Gary and I talked last week, and I said, when do you look at this team and say, what is this team? Like, what are we looking at here? And I mentioned, for me, it's 40 games. Um, Gary kind of took the approach where he he wasn't going to put a team number of games. He was going to say, give me 100 at-bats, and then I know what you look like, right? And I was kind of big picture Team, 40 games, because that shows me how often they're going to be used. That shows me, you know what I mean, what type of like usage they're getting and stuff like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's just give it some time. Like Smith and Jigba is still going to get his time. I think he's still a really good hitter. It's, it's just not worked out for him right now, but that's it will. When he clicks, somebody else won't, and he'll get more playing time. Yeah. And, you know, if, if they're going to continue to play competitive baseball – those are the kind of things that need to happen. If everybody goes ice cold at the same time, it's it's going to get ugly. Yeah. So much like Wednesday's game was ugly. Eight to nothing. Not much to mm, seven to nothing. Not much really to say other than like three hits. You had one from Reynolds, one from Santana, one from Sawinski. Right? Finally. Oh, wait. How does Sawinski have one hit? He had a home run. Uh, he has one run. He has three hits. Okay, so Kane and Smith and Jigba has three hits, and Swinski has three hits. Let me correct myself there. I was looking at the run column, not the hit column. <laughs> Runs, not hits. Swinski has three. I was like, he has one hit? It was a home run? No, he has three hits. Um, hope nobody turned it off after I said that and didn't hear that because both of them have three hits. Anyway, um, so when those were the three hits. And the big thing for me in this game, just a double from Santana, the big thing for me in this game was we finally got a bounce back start from Rich Hill. And he did it against a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, They scored, went, I think he got he did, out of, go ahead. He did not have a strikeout in this game though, did he? He did not have a strikeout, no. I don't think so. He just pitched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he was close a couple times, but. Man, they talk about how he's dependent on like swing and miss. And I'm like, he's not going to be able to do that right now. Like, he's not <laughs> going to be able to strike a bunch of guys out. Right. Uh, but yeah, he did it with no strikeouts. Um, It was good, though. Like, he had him off yeah. balance. It yeah. was good. Uh, You know, I at one point they were through three innings, and I remember saying, okay, they're through three innings. This is kind of a pitching duel, and nobody's hit the ball over 88.5 miles an hour in this game for either team. Yeah. And then, of course, in the fourth inning, 
they hit like three of them over a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> Two of them were outs, but they got, you know, they got another run. Um, but I thought Rich Hill did a, I thought he did a really good job of bouncing back and getting us six innings, two runs. That's a game that we're still in. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the same thing we just talked about Keller and we said it was a great outing. And then he turns right around and gives him the same outing. I mean, other than seven strikeouts versus zero. Keller right. was definitely in more control. Um, oh, Keller went seven, didn't he? No, six innings. Yeah, six innings, two walks. So everything was the same. Six innings, six hits, two runs, two earned run, or two earned runs, two walks, except seven strikeouts and two homers. And you only get one homer and five hits for Rich Hill. But same, two runs, two walks, but zero strikeouts. It's kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. definitely was a. I mean, the seven strikeouts makes a big difference on how you're pitching and and whatever. But, um, but I mean, Rich Hill's been beat up. Yeah. And so for him to have this bounce back start, um. That's good. Matter of fact, we've got some Twitter questions for you guys today, and I'm going to go ahead and jump to one of them because it's specifically about Rich Hill. Uh, from our friend Pittsburgh Pirate Queen said, Hill did really well today. Do you think the home opener was nerves and he's going to maintain, or do you think he's a bit unpredictable? I'll give you the first stab at that. <laughs> Again, well, my first thought is – I. I He's 43 years old. I don't think he was nervous for opening day, the home opener. I, hmm. I, I think he was fine. I just think this is what we have in, in, in Rich Hill. And I'm not even going to go as far as to say unpredictable, but he's just, he's going to have his rough outings and he's going to have his good outings. Uh, it, it is technically unpredictable, but he's pretty much going to be the same. Every time, it's just sometimes a team's going to hit him and sometimes they're not. Yeah, I would think that this was a good start in a in a sense where I would say, I don't think he's going to maintain six innings, two runs. I don't think he's going to maintain like being like being that effective. I think you're he's still going to get blown up every once in a while. What I do think is like he got blown up back to back starts to start the year. And that balloons on you a little bit where if you do pitch well for, you know, three, four starts and then have back-to-back starts that you get blown up, like I think that's what he's going to maintain. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe they're not back-to-back, but like you're, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. He's going to have rough outings. If that curveball stays up, he's going to get punished. It's, it's too slow. Yeah. And... I think that was the thing against the White Sox for sure. Like the the pitches were high, they were mm-hmm. they were hung, and his fastball is not going to blow anyone away. So if he's not placing that thing, it's gonna get it's gonna get hit. Yeah. Um. But I also think that if if it is working, he got he can get guys off balance and make and force light contact. Um. For a guy who's forty three, yeah, maybe it does get a little bit better. Um, maybe it's a slow, you know, takes a little bit longer to kind of get going, get a feel for it. I saw a couple people mention that, you know, it's been cold and maybe when it warms up the guys, I could see that, you know what yeah. I mean? I could definitely yeah. see that warms up a little bit. Maybe you'll get some more starts. Yeah. I don't know. I think unpredictable actually is a good word. I, I see what you're saying when you say that, but I think each time he comes out, yes, I am going to be questioning what you're going to get from him. Um, I think that 
over the course, it's predictable that he's going to get shelled a couple times. Yeah. But like that day, yeah, I think it's pretty unpredictable. I think you're hoping that he keeps you in a game. If he can give me six innings and four runs, I'm still in that game. And I would say I'll take that. Once he gets north of four runs, that's when it's like, okay, well, what are we doing? You yeah. know? And so that's kind of the big thing for me. Um, I think you can expect if you can expect him just to keep you in games. That's the best you can expect for. I will give a since we're on the Rich Hill topic yeah. and opening day, just a just a little bit here. I will give a quick shout out to our brother JP. He says we're walking in the stadium. He says, "Hey, this is the last opening day I'll probably ever go to where the starting pitcher is older than me." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely it. Better be true. It better be true. What was that? Oh, you unplugged your head headset. You unplugged your headset. He's still fighting with his headset, guys. He got so excited that he unplugged his headset in the middle yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, sure did. And the funny thing is, is you didn't <laughs> say anything because you couldn't yeah. hear me, so you acted like your mic wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how that goes. <laughs> That's good. So, bounce back start. Uh, Moretta had his first blemish in this game. Um, he came in in relief, gave up three runs, walked two guys. Um, you know, I kind of, I mean, we all were waiting for this. Uh, he still had a great start to the year, and he pitched another inning today, gave up a double, and then just was fine. Yeah. Um, I think that's all he did, right? Did he get? Did he walk somebody too? No. Gave up the double, ends up with two more strikeouts. Yeah, including Jordan Walker, by the way. First game, Jordan <laughs> Walker's career. Uh, that, you know, I say that we did it, but what a start to his career. That's pretty awesome Yeah, for Jordan Walker. That's cool. Um, I'm really – well, nope, we're not talking about the Cardinals. Um, DeYoung struggling to make the best of his outings. He's, you know, it's been pretty clear that he's being used in hopes of going multiple innings. Um we, we, we said this might be the case, um, and he might still be able to turn it around. Not a big deal. Yeah. Um, offense shut down again. Good to see Bay walk a couple times. That's good. Um, you know what? We are going to bring up one more thing about that game before we move on to the other questions and everything. Uh, the home run. Oh my gosh! Now I don't remember the the guy's name. I got it coming up here. The Astros rookie hit a home run. Jolks. What the heck was his first name? You remember? Corey Jolks hit his first career home run. And Pirate fans, probably everybody listening to this remembers the guy who got the ball and threw it back onto the field with his Doc Ellis jersey. Uh, I went ahead and tweeted like, well, all right. Okay, so if you, if you weren't watching the game, the guy's jersey, was it was a Doc Ellis jersey, said, Pittsburgh on it, I believe. And then on the back, instead of D Ellis, it said Ellis D. If you don't know the story, you know, he pitched a no hitter. No hitter, per no, it was a no hitter, not a perfect game. Yeah. Pitched a, a no hitter in the 70s in San Diego one time and um, apparently high on LSD because <laughs> he didn't know he was supposed to start that day. So, you know. Um, normally you would just do LSD in the morning before the game. <laughs> and so he had to pitch whatever. So that's the story. Um, so the the fact that LSD is his name and it's LSD. Um, really interesting jersey. But anyway, I tweeted, 
that LSD was going to have to go home and not watch the rest of the game. I'm surprised at how many people don't know that it is not allowed to throw things onto the field. Yeah. And, you know, and most people would say like, well, sure, if you're throwing a beer. No, no, no. Literally anything. Wrigley Field is the only place that you're allowed to throw home runs back onto the field. And because of that, if I'm an outfielder, I'm waiting for you to do it. But like, if this guy just slips even a little, he could crack Brian Reynolds in the back of the head with that. (laughs) He didn't. Yeah. We're all good. Um, And when I tweeted that, I had a a couple conversations with some guys and just saying like, yeah, I mean, I hope he doesn't get kicked out. It was my thought. But like he's probably I've we've seen people get thrown out for doing that. Yeah, uh, you're just not allowed to do it. Uh, however, um, LSD is uh, Twitter name at it's gigs one ten. If you want to follow him, <laughs> he was pretty excited. Must have been looking up stuff about uh, about the conversations going on about the jersey, and he actually responded to my tweet about him leaving the game and was like, nope, I got to stay the whole game. One of the workers there even told me nice throw. So I don't know what's going on. I love it though. It's great that he came across my tweet. We, we tweeted back and forth. I told him it must've been the Jersey and actually asked him, I was like, Hey, what's the story? How did you get this Jersey? And he said that a friend of his bought it off Etsy. I, so I, I don't know like if there's an Etsy, like if, if you could still find this or if this is like, because Etsy's kind of weird, right? It's all like homemade right. things. So like did yeah. somebody make this one time and that's it? Did they have a bunch of them? Are we going to be seeing this at all the games? <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be like finding where this came from. Um, it's, it's pretty in-depth. Um, if you want to see it, he's got some like closer pictures with a patch and everything that I'm, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to ruin it for him, but uh, pretty cool story. It's a hilarious jersey. Uh, I mean, the, the name couldn't be better for it, right? Right, yeah. But also, kudos to the people who didn't throw him out of the game. Yeah. I guess. I would really like Pittsburgh to start throwing it in the river. That'd be great. That would be fun. Um, the thing is, is you got to have it. You got to figure out a way to make it happen and make it become an actual uh, like traditional or tradition type thing. Is that what you call it? Tradition? I like I called it a Wrigley word. Field tradition. Yeah. I guess you could call it that. It, but if you're just getting it started, trend. Trend. We'll start with trend and it'll turn into a tradition. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So anyway, uh, pretty cool that he actually came across it. And so we uh, we shared some pleasantries and whatnot, I guess you could say, some... Some fun words. Um, let's go ahead and get to the other. There's a couple more questions here, and then maybe we've got a couple other things that we'll bring up. Um, K to the Izzo 88. Uh, this kind of plays into what we were just talking about, maybe a little bit about DeYoung too. Uh, bullpen. Are we looking at stability or an incoming implosion? I think this is a big question. I think a lot of people are kind of wondering this. The bullpen has been good. Yeah. It's been effective. It was effective at the beginning of the year last year, too. And we all remember that. And we all are wondering if this is going to (laughs) repeat what happened last year. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I don't think so either. I think think the the way he's the way he's using it this year, it's just been good. 
I know you got the breakdown on the on the innings and all that stuff, so I'll let you go here. Yeah, and just to like just to say like you were very critical of the usage last year before things got bad. You said they're overdoing this thing. They've got to be careful. You shouldn't be having and then Bednar ends up hurt and it, you know, I think you avoided saying I told you so, but you definitely were going down that that path. But here's the thing. The two guys out of the bullpen who have not pitched um do we have an as reliever just because I can look at it without seeing the starters here. I think we do right here. So the two guys who have pitched the least amount of games are Chase DeYoung and Will Crow. And Will Crow actually has the most innings by any of our pitchers. And Chase DeYoung is tied with Jose Hernandez with the second most. So Will Crow only has, he only has three outings, but he's pitched seven and two thirds. Chase DeYoung, three outings, but six and a third. Jose Hernandez, five outings, six and a third. And then you got Underwood, Holderman, Zestrizny, all with six appearances, and Moretta with seven, who has the, who's he's leading the bullpen. But they all have six innings, except for Zestrizny, who only has five and a third. And then all the way down there in innings pitched is David Bednar, five games, five innings, five save opportunities. He's converted on four of them, and then we just talked about the other against the world champs, and they end up winning the game. So he has a win. That's balance, man. Mm -hmm. It's clear that Crow and DeYoung are their guys that they want to go multiple innings, so they've pitched them less. Last year, Crow pitched multiple innings and pitched every day. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so, and really, like, Crow's been really good. Like, he gave up the two runs on the home, at the home opener, but, like, the game was kind of out of reach, right? So it was kind of like, finish your inning. And he did. Yeah. And so he's been he's been really effective. Chase DeYoung, not so much. He hasn't made the best of his three outings. He probably would have more innings if he would have been more effective. Yeah. But and Zestrizny probably in the same boat as as maybe Underwood and Holderman, as far as they've had the same amount of appearances, but he has two thirds less of an inning because he had the the outing that he, you know, that we had to get him out of there. Everybody else has it's not only been good but it's been really balanced. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I've been very, very happy with the, the way he's been using the bullpen this year, as opposed to last year. It's, it's been, it's been pleasant. Yeah. And I think there's one thing that I will say too. I mean, you could go through every one of these guys and I'm, and I don't just mean like you or me or any, you know, like you could go mm -hmm. through and say, Hey, when have they been using Moretta? And everybody would know. Oh, he's been the guy to get the starter out of the jam. Okay, when are they using Bednar? Saves, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been pretty clear. Holderman, eighth inning. He's the eighth inning guy. Yeah. Like, he pitched today when Bednar didn't because there was no save situation. Moretta actually ended up pitching in, in the ninth today, which was the first time it's been different than that. But, like, they kind of have their roles. Yeah. And they kind of know what they're being asked to do. I, I am impressed with the bullpen, uh, with the usage of the bullpen and the way that they are, they're putting them out there in situations that they're going to become familiar with. I, I honestly, if, if Stevenson gets back on this team, uh, you know, when he does, I, I don't know. I don't know your move because Moretta and Will Crow are the guys with options. Yeah. And they've been very effective. Chase DeYoung is a DFA candidate. If they have to send him down. And so, 
I guess I don't know about Zestrizny. He could have an option, but you're not going to move a lefty for him, right? right? So I think that's out of the question. But he, I, you know, I don't want to misspeak. He may actually have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have been. I don't think that we're looking for an incoming implosion. And if so, it's it might only be one guy because what makes, you know what I mean? And they, sure, there's trends and stuff like that. So maybe. But I think other than that, it's pretty good. So our last question is one, uh, one from one true Zach. He says, who's impressed you the most after the first four series? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of names you could go with here. Yeah, but I think, I think one stands out and it's, and it's Brian Reynolds. I mean, he's putting a lot of stuff behind him and just going out and playing ball. Mm -hmm. The whole contract, everything's going around. There's got to be a hundred thousand things rolling through his head throughout any given day. And then he says, Oh, by the way, I'm just going to leave that in the locker room and go hit you five dingers in the first four series. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's impressive. First three series is really, (laughs) well, yeah, but still, but yeah, I get you. I, I, I think you could, I mean, you say there's got to be a lot of things rolling around in his head. Sometimes I wonder if he's just not wired that way. If he doesn't have a million, if he's, that laser foot. I mean, because I feel like that's what he is, right? Yeah. So, but that's not to say anything. Uh, yeah. I mean, there. But to me, there's a lot of names. Mitch Keller could be one of them. Mm-hmm. Dowry Moretta could be another one, just because of the expectation that you just kind of didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that even looking at Andrew McCutcheon could be really impressive. I mean, we didn't we didn't quite know, and some of us kind of downplayed it, like ah, you know, let's be careful. He's not the same Kutch. And he's not, but dude, 10 walks to seven strikeouts. <laughs> yeah. And he's hitting over 300. And he's, he's you know, he's been really good. Uh, another one is G1 Bay. I mean, I know it's not like been the consistency that you'd like, but you can't argue he's been impressive. Yeah. In so many different things. Um, you know, that's the problem. Like, if you look at the two on paper, you're going to say, oh, Castro's playing better. But nobody's thinking that <laughs> because right. of those. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe the word impressed, but the other one to me is Connor Joe. You know, I was really, I've been really surprised to see Connor Joe. And so that brings us to the close to the end of the show. And we're going to talk about Connor Joe a little bit, but Mitch Keller, again, just to throw one more in there, Mitch Keller has been very impressive. I don't know. Could you even say, I mean, we just talked good about the bullpen usage and about last last time you were on here we talked about how Shelton is given Keller the are we impressed with Shelton right now? This I, team I mean, is uh, legitimately yeah. playing games to win. Yeah. And I know if you're listening you may say well that's what you should always be doing. Well sure you should. But I think that there there's a little bit of a difference there. I I definitely yeah, feel sure. like there's a little bit of a difference there. Um I so agree. anyway, let's go back to Connor Joe. I, I guess the last thing I want to say right there real quick when your team's eight and five and you expected them to be not eight and five, (laughs) right? Right. There's a lot of things that are going to impress you. Okay. So Connor Joe, we had, we've had a couple conversations with our friend Yark about Connor Joe and he'll call He'll call me a hater. I, this all started because I said something about somebody said something about him having elite speed. Connor Joe's not fast. He, uh, let's just get that in the air. He's not fast. He's in the bottom 36% of major leaguers when it comes to sprint speed. He's not fast. 
That doesn't mean that he's not a bad ball player. It just means he's not fast. We don't need to say things that aren't true. He's got a great arm. Yeah. He's been hitting very well. He crushes lefties. He gets on base. He doesn't chase bad pitches. Like those are his strengths. And that's a good thing. Those are very good things. He's just not fast. That's all. <laughs> and when I put that up, Yark was like, you're a hater. <laughs> Which we've had a little bit of, of back and forth with Yark on Connor Joe before. So I said, like, even Jake's coming around to Connor Joe right now, dude. He really is. It's kind of hard not to. Right. I mean, he's he's performing. Hey, you know, and, and, and a lot of the, if they're on my team and I'm not a big fan and I don't think they're very good, I hope you prove me wrong. Right. Like, I'm rooting for him because he's in the lineup. Would you say you rooted for Josh Van Meter? <laughs> I mean, I hope that he did good. There are some I mean, guys, I didn't right? Have, it was a reach, but well, Connor Joe's also easy to to root for, even if you don't think he's going to be good, just because he's you know what I mean. He, yeah. You know, you had the whole cancer thing and the whole deal like that. Like those guys are easy to root for. Why would you not root for somebody like that? But anyway, <laughs> um, so long story short, Yark and I were going back and forth. He made the joke that we should we should have a bet. I should have pulled up these tweets. He said we should have a bet with Jake. That if, um, if Connor Joe has X war, whatever it is, right, that he that he came up with that day, that Jake needs to wear a Connor Joe jersey all of next year, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I I said I don't think Jake's gonna agree to that, and matter of fact, I think I said it's not gonna happen, like <laughs> it's just straight up not gonna happen. And so he said, okay, here we go. I got the conversation here. Um, he found a, a jersey that was really expensive. Zero chance, I told him. And so that's what he's saying. He said, we'll, we'll start a GoFundMe. He wanted to buy this other jersey, whatever. So you actually have come up with something here that you think is, is doable, and, and you're going to go for it. Yeah. What, what, do, we, what do we say to... What was it? A two he and a said half? Two, yeah, he said 2.5 war for the season. If he ends up with a 2.5 war for the season, I will wear a t-shirt because I'm not going to go buy a jersey <laughs> all off season. That You're going to have one made. I'm going to have one made. This is Connor Joe's my favorite baseball player. <laughs> or Connor Joe's my favorite player or something like that. <laughs> and I'll wear it the whole off season. I love it. I love it. Connor Joe is my favorite player. Let's see where he's at right now. Let, I'm going to pull up fan graphs because we're looking at F4 here. And this is before today's game. He had a home run today. Mm -hmm. Actually, it says today. Live stats today. So that's not right. Let's see. His, his, his WRC plus right now is 172. Oh, no. They're saying it's 199 after today. That's ridiculous. I mean, the man's hitting... 391. So war doesn't get uh doesn't get calculated quite as fast. So before it's a 0 0.2 so far. So he's got a little bit of ways to go, but obviously he's got a lot of time to get there. Yeah. So if he ends up with a 2.5 or better, Jake will all off season will have to wear a shirt and he's got to show it not like what we're doing right now like you can't see our shirts with this with these graphics and he said I will show it on on the YouTube Every week, Connor Joe's yep. my favorite player. I'm in for it. I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot of fun. 
Uh, but you all, I mean, like, you, you can't help it, right? I mean, this has been exciting to even just, it's yeah. all around like this team's just playing good baseball. Yeah. <sighs> Choice it's starting fun. to heat up a little bit. Yeah. The whole deal. All right. So- I promise you that, let me, one other thing. I promise you that Choi has training with a sword. <laughs> Shout out the Pittsburgh Pirate Queen, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was down there talking to talking to the Queen and, and Scrivener. I think I said that right. Um, and and Jim Stam was down there and we were all chatting. And I said, listen, my family's already gone. I got to get out of here. And then probably 10 minutes later, they're talking to Keller and Bednar and handing off a sword. So I left a little early, but either way, I know that that's been a thing. And I think uh, fan form, I didn't get a chance to watch their live show today, but it'll come out on Saturday. The video is probably still out there, Uh, but I think they cleared the air a little bit. So go watch that if you don't know about the home run sword yet, Um, but go watch that. Get get the air cleared on uh, who actually provided the sword. I mean, I I know I just said it was them, but... (laughs) you'll hear maybe more of the story. I don't know what they did. I don't know if they had her on or anything like that, but um, I know you'll hear the story. Possible Jim Stan was standing there during the whole thing. So, um, but either way, go watch Pirates Fan Forum for that. Um, Let's talk about the the Cardinals series. So they won the first game already. It's a four-game set. They won tonight's game with Vince Velasquez on the mound. So great start to the series. That's one of those games that you're like, Jordan Montgomery came in looking really good mm-hmm. with a 2.25 ERA coming into the game. We know what our guy Vinny's looked like. And then, <laughs> and then so we got Oviedo versus Woodford, and Woodford has a 9 ERA. We've got Rowanzi versus Mats, and Mats has an 8.18 ERA. And then we have Keller versus Michaelis, who has a 10.05 ERA. I mean, the ERAs at this time of year don't mean anything. I mean, Ronzi also has an eight, so. Yeah. Uh, it looks good. Yeah. They've got some problems maybe in St. Louis. I mean, I've been here. I've been here yelling about St. Louis and how they're underrated, and they're proving me wrong. They're not playing good baseball. They've got the drama about O'Neal not hustling. Yeah. They've. I mean, but they do have that Jordan, Ramp, uh, Jordan Rampage. They got Jordan Walker on a rampage is what I have written in my notes, <laughs> but Jordan, Jordan rampage, uh, just, that's like a super potent lineup. They're sixth in MLB and OPS. We're 19th, but the pitching has been, it's been bad. Yeah. Starters specifically, their bullpen has been better, but, uh, we might be looking at taking three or four from the St. Louis Cardinals right now who Heck are at yeah. the bottom of our division. And I still do believe they will be at the top at the end of the year. I do too. It's early, but they're doing. I mean, if we could take three out of four, let's just sweep them. Let's just sweep yeah. them, and we got. Let's just go win a hundred. The, the card, the cardinal. <laughs> Easy, buddy. Easy. Let's go. The, the, the Cardinals, though, that's the organization that you're. That that's the organization you want to beat. Yeah. If you're in the NL Central. Yeah. Well, and they're odds-on favorites to to win the division this year too, and. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I at this point, you're going to St. Louis. You take a split. You'd love a split. Yeah. We've got three good pitching matchups coming up, and we've already won one. So 
you, you win with a split. We'll talk about it Sunday when we get back on here for, for Monday's show. We'll talk about the Cardinals series and see if we can pull that split off or pull three or four or get a sweep. That would be crazy. Yeah. I'm all for it. We had a lot of things to talk about today. We went all over the place. Um, I'm going to forget about some of these things, but one thing I didn't mention, oh my gosh, Brubaker, Tommy John. Yeah. We saw it coming. Mike Burroughs is probably next. Um, I don't know if they've made an announcement on him yet or not, but it's possible Mike Burroughs uh, is heading down the same path. Um, obviously, the Cruz injury, like that, you're gonna you're gonna have to weather the storm. It's good to have you back yeah, on the you know, show, man. You you know what they say, white water in the morning. <laughs> Let's go, Bucks. I spent my entire life dreaming about the going to the Pacific Ocean, and I'm going by myself. Who's going with me? <laughs> Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. And let's go, Bucks.